Hello church, and once again, I know it's probably already been said, but thank you for joining us for Church Online today, for Living Hope Belfast online service. We're delighted that wherever you are, no matter um, where you find yourself, that you have decided to tune in, to join with us, and to do church together. I want to start by asking maybe what might seem like a bit of a strange question, but it just came to me just before I came to share this message and the question is why are you here and that is a weird question they ask but I just want to ask why are you here now obviously you can't answer me for obvious reasons but maybe you could ask yourself why am I here am I here out of ritual am I here to give something to God am I here to give of my time to God or give my worship to God can I remind you today that God doesn't need anything from you. He doesn't need anything from me. He does not need any offering from any of us, but he wants, he desires that we come together and that we worship him, that we gather around his word today. He doesn't need anything from us, but he wants relationship with us today. He doesn't need an offering from us because that has already been covered. You see, we covered that just a few moments ago when we gathered around the table, when we gathered around the emblems, we covered the fact that the ritual, the offering, it has already been done for us. Christ did it at the cross. And maybe why are you here today? Are you here out of religion? Well, that might seem like a strange thing to say again. But listen, religion is not what we are after today. As a church, as a people, as a body, we aren't after religion because we're not here with a set of rules that will get you into heaven. That's not what this is about today. We are not here for ritual. We are not here for religion. We are here for revelation and that comes through relationship. Let me repeat that. We are not here for ritual. We are not here for religion. We are here for revelation and that comes through relationship, relationship specifically with God today. I pray that as we would look into God's word together, that you would desire to seek his Holy Spirit, that you would desire a deeper relationship with Jesus today, because that's where revelation comes from. Let me tell you, if you've just been scrolling today, if you think that you're here because you've been scrolling through Facebook or you've been looking through YouTube videos and Living Hope Belfast came up, and you thought, I'm going to click on that. Let me tell you that the Bible tells me today that God has a specific plan for your life, that the creator of the universe, the one who made you, has designated this time for you to be here so that he can reveal himself to you. We're going to get into God's word today, and then I'm going to pray, and I'm going to read a story that I love to read around this time of year. So if you have a Bible. Turn with me to the book of Luke. We're going to look at chapter 2. We're going to read 11 verses toward the end of Luke chapter 2. 
And this is a story about God's son. This is a story about Jesus. So God, the creator of the universe, sends his son. And here we have one of the first um, recordings of his life in Luke chapter 2. It begins at verse 41. It says this, Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up according to custom. And when the feast was ended, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents did not know it, but supposing him to be in the group, they went a day's journey. They went a day's journey, but then they began to search for him among relatives and acquaintances. And when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem, searching for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. And he said to them, why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And they did not understand that saying that he spoke to them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. And, he, and his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Allow me to pray. Heavenly Father, would you reveal to us today through your Holy Spirit, God, whatever it is that you want to say that would shape us and mold us to be more like your son. Would you have us increase in wisdom and increase in stature and in favor with you? God, we thank you for the opportunity to come around your word today in our separate locations, but together with Christ. And it's in your son's holy and precious name we pray. Amen. Church, I don't have many moments to share with you today, so allow me just to share from um, the verses that I've been speaking on. But in case you haven't realized, again, I want to give you a reminder. I want to give you a reminder. I don't know if you've realized, but this is the final Sunday in November. So that's right. Next Sunday is December 6th. We're actually six days in to December. Can you believe that? It feels like this year has just been fast forwarded. If you haven't begun your Christmas shopping, well, I hate to break it to you, but if you're in Northern Ireland, most of the shops have already shut for a couple of weeks. Don't worry though. If you want to buy your loved one a sofa or a lamp, Ikea is still there. The doors are open. So there you go. Other retailers are available. Other than that, you're going to have to shop online, I'm afraid. But for most retailers, Christmas has already begun. They've had their decorations up pretty much since October ended. I actually noticed when I was in Tesco, um, our local supermarket, I noticed that when I was walking up the seasonal aisle, we actually had one half. One half was all Hall Halloween stuff, and then the other half was all Christmas stuff. I feel like... As the years go on, more and more, we, we sort of start earlier and earlier our celebrations of Christmas, um, of this season. I think this year, though, it probably beats 
every other year because I think that in 2020, people just want to wipe that clean. So when we move on to Christmas, it feels like we're moving on from what has been an absolutely crazy year. The trees have gone up quickly. The decorations have been up quickly. You still have that brigade of people who say it's not Christmas until December. Church, can I tell you, I'm not one of those people. I, If I had it my way, Christmas would start in September and end at the end of January. Christmas is my favorite season. I'm just one of those people who says it's never too early. What has all this got to do with what I'm talking about today? Why am I talking about Christmas? Well, you will have noticed that in the story I read, there are some people from the Bible that we hear about a lot this time of year. We hear about Mary, we hear about Joseph, we hear about Jesus, and of course they're mentioned, they're the main people in the few verses that I just read to you, the story that's found in Luke chapter 2. That story comes immediately after the story of Jesus' birth in the Bible. So we have the story of Christmas, we have the story of Jesus' birth, and then immediately after... It gives us this, except it fast forwards a number of years and Jesus is 12 years old. Can I tell you today that this story is not a story of bad parenting? Not necessarily anyway. What I find this what I find about absolutely fascinating about this story is a few different things. At first glance, we read this and we think, what? Like, I'm reading halfway through and I'm actually ready to stop and say, I've read this so many times, but what are you talking about? Can you think about this? Mary and Joseph, Mary and Joseph lost Jesus. Like, like the Son of God, Jesus, they lost him. Does this, does this make them the world's worst parents at the time? I mean, they have to be at least in the conversation. They lost the Son of God. And we read that Mary and Joseph travel for one whole day. Can you imagine how far today we would get if we traveled one whole day away from some from somebody? Well, actually, I've done a day's traveling. I can tell you I can get you 6,000 miles to the Philippines if you wanted, but a day's journey before they realized that Jesus was missing. They traveled for a whole day. There's some debate about this, um, about how far that actually was. There's one commentator I read who suggested that a day's journey was about 20 miles. So even then, they traveled 20 miles before they realized that Jesus was gone. That's a long time. That's a long distance. 20 miles they managed. So they managed to lose Jesus 20 miles away. And most of you parents can't even lose your kids in a shopping center. And it's not for a want of trying, but listen, they lose Jesus 20 miles away. They, they aren't actually reunited with him until he's been missing for three days. Three whole days Jesus is missing until they're reunited with him because they've already done a day's journey away from Jerusalem. Then they have to make a day's journey back to Jerusalem and then they spend a day looking for him. So three days there without their son. So is this a story of bad parenting? Well, I want to address the other side of this story because in all seriousness, this is how it looks at first glance. It looks like a story of bad parenting, but there's more to it 
than meets the eye. These journeys from Nazareth to Jerusalem, the journey that, that um, Mary and Joseph were to make and Jesus was supposed to make, they became known as pilgrimages for a reason. They would have traveled in massive groups, in large groups with extended family, with neighbors, with friends. Sometimes there could have been thousands of people making this pilgrimage together on this one road. It was chaotic. It was nuts. Every single inn was full. There were people sleeping in tents on the side of the road. There's a lot going on. It would have been normal for their son, for Jesus, not to be seen for a day because he might be with friends, he might be with neighbors or other family members. They're all just traveling together. So with that in mind, you can sort of cut them a bit of slack. You see, this was pressure. Joseph and Mary had a lot on their plate. This is one of the most, if not the most important date, date in their calendar. It might be the most important time of the year. And as I said earlier, their son just so happens to be the son of God. I mean, parents have children in this world and their child can be born a lot of things. They can be born with a lot of different um, identities. They can be born male or female. They can be born rich or poor. Even babies are born into royal families. They can be born princes and princesses. Mary and Joseph had the only baby to ever be born a savior. That is a lot of pressure. And so I think when we're reading this, we can maybe cut them just a little bit of slack because the word tells us earlier in Luke chapter 2, it tells us in verses 10 to 11, and the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy. Who knows that we need some great joy at this time in this crazy season. Behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. This is for you today. This is why you're here. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. You see, Mary and Joseph, they give birth to the only baby that would ever be born a Savior. You see, we sing of these songs and I wonder if we actually, we grasp a hold of just what has happened here. Mary and Joseph are trying to parent the Son of God. They're trying to parent a Savior. But this isn't the story of bad parenting. It's not a story of a rebellious teenager. It's the story of a boy who was born a Savior being obedient to his father. You see, even the saviour of the world, even, even that boy who was given that title from birth, even the boy who was born in that day in the city of David, a saviour, even he would be obedient to the father. Why are you here today? Are you here out of obedience to God? When Mary and Joseph find their son where is he? He's in the temple. He's in God's house. 
He's in the temple, and the only words it records him saying in this whole story are found in verse 49. And it says, And he said to them, Why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? Look at those words. At 12 years old, Jesus says, I must be. He says, did you not know? How could you not know? What are you thinking? Do you not know that I, at 12 years old, I must be? I began this message by saying, what are you here for? What are you here for? Why are you here? And I want to finish by saying that you are here for the same reason that Jesus is in the temple that day. Because you see, you can't physically be in this house today. You can't physically be where I am. But you can most certainly be in the presence of God. And listen, why don't you follow the example of Christ why do you follow the example of Christ? Because where does he find himself? In a world of craziness. And listen, his time was crazy. It was just as crazy, if not crazier than ours. Where would he be? Well, Jesus says, I must, I must be. I must be in my father's house. Listen, you must be in your father's presence. You are not here. You are not where you are by accident today. This may be a story that you have heard a hundred times. This may be a story that you're hearing for the first time. Can I tell you again what I said at the start? You're not here for any other reason than for God to reveal himself through the word. Listen, no matter how many times you have heard this story, listen, God wants relationship with us. But where must we be? We must be in the Father's house. We must be in the presence of the Father. We must be obedient to the Father. And I don't want you misunderstanding me like Mary and Joseph misunderstood Jesus. You see, you must be, you must be in the presence of your Father in heaven. I wonder why you here what is God asking of you today? Because Jesus gives us the example at 12 years old of obedience. What is God asking of you today? What is God asking you to do? What step of faith is the Holy Spirit leading you to make today? And when I say today, I mean whatever time you're listening to this. I don't know if you had time to listen to this on the Sunday that it was heard. I don't know if you're listening to this a week later, a year later. It does not matter. What is God asking you to do today, right now? Is he asking you to move jobs? Is he asking you to leave some friends behind? Is he asking you to serve his people? in a capacity that is so scary because nobody around you will understand? 
Is he asking you to use your finances? What is God asking you to do today? I don't know that, but you know that. But I know what your response needs to be. It needs to be, I must be. I must be in the presence of my Father. I must be obedient to my Father. I must be obedient to my Father in heaven. And why is that? Well, in John chapter 1, verse 12, it says this. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Listen, God is your father, and he gave you the right to be his child. He gave you that right. He gave you that right to bless you, but ultimately to honor him. He gave you the right to become a child of his in order that he would be honored. We must receive him. We must believe in his name. And then he gives us the right to become his child, to call him father. If you're already a child of God, in what way do you need to say, I must be? What is that step of obedience that you need to take today? How are you going to be obedient to your father? And listen, if this isn't a way that you identify yourself today, I don't know if anybody has told you this, but in your life, you're not born saved. You're not born a Christian. That is the decision that you must make. You must decide to be in a relationship with God. And listen, it is offered to you. It's not a secret club. It's not a set of rules or um, training that you need to follow in order to get in. God has given you an avenue today. He's given you a way and he's done that by sending his son, his only son, Jesus, to the cross. You see, Jesus went to the cross because we have sin in our lives. Sin means that we fall short that we fall short of God. We, short, we fall short of his glory. And so Jesus was sent to earth to die on a cross for your shortcomings. He dies on a cross. He goes to the grave. And he rises again to say that all who would accept him would indeed rise. And when that moment comes in our lives, when we take our final breath here, well, we will be with our Father in heaven for eternity. So if you, if you are somebody who would like to have that today, if you want a relationship with God, then can I encourage you to message a friend, to send a message to our Facebook page or to our website. We would love to talk to you about that. Somebody would love to talk to you about that. Because this is the best decision that anybody will ever make to say that I must be. I must be. Let me pray for you today. Heavenly Father, gracious God, thank you that you have given us your word. Lord, would you help us, God, to be obedient to you, even when others don't understand what we are doing. They don't understand why we are where we are. Lord, would you give us the words to say? Would you give us the wisdom? God, would you have us be growing in wisdom, be growing in stature, and God, be growing in favor with you. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be called children of God. Lord, we thank you for the right that you have given us. God, we believe in you. We believe that you're going to do great things. And it's in your son's holy and precious name we pray. 
Amen. Thank you for joining us today.